God is with you. Let us pray. Merciful God, give us courage to accept your faith in us and compassion to stand with all who are cast aside through Jesus Christ who became nothing that we might have everything. Amen. As a father of three little boys, I'm a frequent visitor to the Santa Barbara Zoo. One of my boys' favorite things to do there is to ride the miniature train that loops around the perimeter, down the hill past the entrance, back behind the vet offices and isolation areas, across the bridge by the estuary, past the giraffes and the lions, and back through a tunnel to the heart of the zoo. As you ride on the far side of the park, you look across the lake and see up on a hill, a small hill, there's a mansion, an estate that overlooks the lake, the zoo, the ocean, and all of Santa Barbara. That estate is Bellas Guardo. It is a 21,600 square foot mansion with nine bedrooms, 10 bathrooms, 13 fireplaces, and a property that stretches 23.5 acres. Bellas Guardo was owned by Huguette Clark, the heiress of a fortune made in copper that was on par with that of John D. Rockefeller. The mansion was complete with fine art, sculpture, sports cars, gold-laden furniture, and all the things you would expect to find in a mansion. After spending the summers of her youth at that property, Huguette Clark stopped visiting the Santa Barbara estate around 1951. However, she continued to have the house fully staffed and ready for her visit at a 48-hour notice until the time of her death in 2011. She also maintained other estates in Connecticut and New York. You get Clark was a painter and a patron of the arts. She owned paintings by Renoir and Monet. She owned several Stradivarius violins and cellos, but her passion was dolls. She had a collection of 400 precious dolls, most of which were kept in her primary New York City apartment that overlooked Central Park. Despite her lavish estates, Huguette Clark spent the last 20 years of her life living in a hospital. She was not ill. She merely preferred to live in the hospital where she spent her time watching cartoons on one of those little TVs that hangs in the corner of hospital rooms. You might have read about Miss Clark in the book Empty Mansions. 
Ms. Clark, whose net worth was around $300 million at the time of her death, was given so much. But it sat unoccupied for over 60 years, waiting for her visit at a moment's notice. It is a classic tale of talent squandered. Today we read the parable of the talents, the story that gives us both the English word talent and defines what we think of talents. Don't squander that which you have been given, we say. And like the recipients in this story, we have been given a lot. A talent was worth 6,000 denarii, or 6,000 daily wages. Uh, so one talent was about 16 years work. Five talents was over 82 years work. It was a ton of money. Our word talent comes from this financial term, and it is very much shaped by this parable in particular. Don't squander your talent. Don't waste what God has given you. It is meant to be shared, to be invested and spent in the economy, both the financial economy and the economy of God's love, of grace. That love, that grace is unconditional, but it's not safe per se. It asks a lot of you and it will radically transform who you are. But that is who we are. We are not collector's items. We are not like who get Clark's dolls. We are part of the living, changing ecosystem of a love that stretches through all time and space. We are part of this interactive universe. But this is not just a story about who we are. It is a story about who God is. As homiletics professor Joy Moore says, this is about knowing the character of God. Take another look at the servant, the slave, in Greek this term doulos, from which we get the word of a birth assistant, the doula. Notice the doulos who buried the talent. What does he say? Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. Does that sound like the God we know? Does it sound like the God you know? It does not sound like the God I know. The God who the Israelites in Psalm 103 said is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The God I know is with us always and reveals eternal truths whenever I am willing to receive them. The God I know teaches me to love and has given me everything that I need and invites me to welcome others into their fullest, most authentic selves. I know a God of liberation, not punishment. During the last 40 years of her life, Huguette Clark told her friends in Paris, where she had been born and spent the early part of her 
life, her childhood friends. She told them that she could not come visit them because there might be another revolution. She was afraid, afraid of things that were not grounded in reality. What does a servant tell his master? I was afraid. Now, everyone is afraid sometimes. It's okay to be afraid sometimes. But it's not healthy to let that fear cripple us. It's not our best self to let the fear dominate our lives, to spend our lives in a hospital bed watching Smurfs and leaving the mansions and fortunes empty, buried in the sands of time. We are called to empty ourselves, to give whatever we have in the pursuit of the love of God that liberates us from consumption, isolation, self-centeredness, racism, classism, and every form of systemic injustice that tries to scare us into thinking it is too big for us to take on. Knowing God enables me to trust God, to trust that I have something to contribute to the love economy. The life of love eternal is waiting for us, like an exquisite mansion, a place not of stone and wealth, but of belonging and relationship. It is ready and waiting for us. All we have to do is go. The mustard seed this week is to identify what talent we have buried. Identify what you have been given, the material resources, the opportunities, the things that you are capable of doing but have not done. Identify those things, dig them up, and resurrect them. Share what you have been given. Have a great week. With trust and hope, we turn our hearts to God in prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the good earth, and for the wisdom to live into our interdependence with all of God's creation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. 
for the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for the prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them. God is love. Hear the prayers of your people. God, the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For deliverance from all violence, oppression, and degradation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the good work of this community, may our roles be uplifted by one another as we do healing work in Isla Vista and beyond. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. We pray for all who are suffering with the recent spike of the coronavirus. We pray for all who are traveling for Thanksgiving and students trying to find their way through the end of this term. We pray for hope and change and the talents of God to be shared. For all of these, we pray. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. All that we have asked faithfully, grant that we may obtain effectually to your honor and glory. Amen. And now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, 